0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Miss Boo go back and forth, expanding each other's horizons, watching movies that might be mainstream, might be art house, might be cool, might be weird. Welcome to the Film Club. Boo, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, Dean, and I think... It doesn't matter about how I'm feeling this week because this is a you pick this week. This
0: is a me and pick, and I know you've
1: been wanting to do this for a while.
0: I've just been wanting to get you to watch it for a while. Like I didn't care about it being in the podcast. Are you sure? Yeah. Also, this is a this is a low key reason why I'm very excited for us to do the podcast. It allows me to force you to watch movies that I recommended to you for like six years.
1: It's true. That that's the only reason why he wanted to start this podcast. It's
0: the only way I could get you to watch. Both Eraserhead and Star Starship Troopers. And our current movie of the week.
1: Which is...
0: The Boondock Saints. Uh, the 1999 film. We got Norman Reedus, Willem Dafoe, um, uh, Sean Patrick Flannery. Mm-hmm. Flannery? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this movie is great. It is a it is a dude movie through and through. You it forgot
1: is, Billy Connolly.
0: Billy Connolly is also in here as Il Duce. Yes. So good. And... This is going to be our precursor to...
1: St. Patrick's Day. Yes. Which will be next week.
0: Yes, and you will be given the bookend on that one, but we'll tell you what we're going to watch at the end of this episode.
1: That is correct.
0: So yeah, uh, The Boondock Saints. This movie is from 1999, it's the both the directorial and... Industry debut of Troy Duffy, I believe that's the, the guy who directed it. I
1: believe it. so, yes. Yeah,
0: he actually came up with this while he was working at a bar in I think it was West Hollywood or something
1: like that. Yeah, on, on Melrose Avenue, West Hollywood. I think the bar was called Jay Sloan. I did look it up and I don't think the bar's there anymore.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me that it's been 20 something years since he wrote any or since he wrote the script. Yeah. But yeah, um, so the Boondock Saints. This is probably one of the most famous cult classics out there.
1: Yeah, it really didn't get a lot of screen time because when it came out, it was around the time of the Columbine massacre. So
0: yeah, probably when, trigger warning on that one.
1: Yeah, so when this came out, it was only out for a week here in the United States for about five theaters. Got to premiere it or something show
0: like it. that. Yeah, it was it's super small release. It so because of that it bombed at the box office oh yeah
1: their worldwide gross was thirty thousand. so yeah against was... the
0: budget for whatever it was but it was more than yeah. 30 grand yeah so the movie was a huge failure but then it got on to you know dvd, DVD vhs got the home video and it kind of took on a life of its own um that's how i saw it mm-hmm. i don't think i can't imagine how many people there are that have seen this in a theater when it premiered i think Probably 99% of the people who've seen this saw it at a friend's house.
1: Most likely. When or, they were or on chilling. TV.
0: Yeah, or on TV. Actually, I don't know if this movie... You'd have to cut cut a lot of stuff out to make this like g- good for TV, right?
1: Yeah. There, there's a lot of craziness going on in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, When was the first time that you saw this movie?
0: First time I saw this was in high school. I was probably about... 16 ish, 17 ish when I saw it. Um, God, actually, I think I saw it at a buddy's house. I think he just threw it on because he was like, "Hey, my dad, you know, has this movie and it's kind of cool. You want to watch it?" And I was like, "Sure." So we watched it. That is that is how the Boondock Saints
1: came into your life,
0: came into my life, and probably came to a lot of people's lives. You know, some bros hanging out after football practice. Let's watch a movie. Boom! Boondock Saints. Great pick. But yeah, um, I'm gonna assume this is the first time you've ever seen this movie.
1: First time I've ever seen it. Uh, I, I of course have heard about the movie. The poster is iconic. Yeah. You know, if you haven't seen it, you've you know more or less seen the poster. It's very hard to forget the poster.
0: Yeah, it's a very good. It's a very good poster. Very good marketing thing. It's it's just a really good visual. There's a lot of good visuals in this movie. Um, but yeah, where do you where do you want to start on this one? I kind of brought the movie to the table, so you got any questions, thoughts, opinions you want to You did bring it to the
1: table, but you did have a question for me before we started recording. You wanted to know if I liked the movie, and I wouldn't tell you at all. Yes,
0: that is, uh, that's the thing. Usually, when I, you know, pick you up, when we're, you know, getting food, before these, I ask you the usual thing. Oh, did you like the movie? What's going on? Things like that. And usually you'll tell me, oh yeah, I kind of liked it. Eh, it wasn't my cup of tea, but this one... You refuse to give me any information on, so I can only assume you hate me and this movie, like Starship Troopers, which Starship Troopers is a masterpiece.
1: Well, we're not going to talk about Starship Troopers.
0: Movie's <sighs> a masterpiece,
1: in your opinion. But you can ask me the question again.
0: So, did you like the movie, The Boondock Saints?
1: I didn't like the movie.
0: You didn't like it.
1: I loved the movie. You loved it. I oh, loved thank it. God! It was oh. such a good movie. Oh
0: man, I thought this was the day you, I, you know. I had to leave you. Oh, oh please. Oh, I know. It would have been a you know a different kind of movie for that reaction, but whatever.
1: No, no, I love this movie. I didn't expect it to be as funny as it was.
0: Oh, yeah, this movie is hilarious. I thought
1: it was a good balance of violence and humor. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, it's a brand new movie for me, so I didn't know what to expect.
0: You're going in kind of blank on this I'm one. I'm
1: going in very blind on this, and... Yeah, it was just a fun trip the whole way through.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, Did you do... You do usually do a um, little bit of research before you watch the movie, right?
1: That's my usual process, but this time I went in completely blind. I didn't look anything up. But, I mean, even when I do do my research for the movies, the only thing I look up is, like, the actor names, when the movie debuted, directors... I don't jump to trivia or spoilers. You, you don't look at plot stuff? No, not okay. until after the movie. So even with this, I kind of wanted to go in blind with the cast. Mm-hmm. So I could be surprised by people that showed up in the movie.
0: Yeah, because I think the only thing I told you was Daryl from The Walking Dead is in it and um, oh, Willem well, Dafoe is Well, in from it. the
1: poster, I knew that Daryl was in it. So, yeah. Or N- Norman Reedus. I knew he was in it. Uh, you surprised me with Willem Dafoe. Uh, but the one that really caught me was Billy Connolly. Yeah. And I love him, so that's was, it was a very nice surprise when we get him in the movie.
0: You wanna know something awesome about his performance in the movie? So Billy Connolly was so excited that he got to play against type as this cool badass, you know, gun-toning assassin. Yeah. That when he did the big shootout with the six guns, mm-hmm. um, he couldn't stop himself from smiling during yeah. the take. So they had to give him this comically large cigar, cigar yeah. to hide his smile on camera, and it's so good. But yeah, there, there's a lot of great scenes. There's a lot of funny stuff. Rocco is um, really <laughs> funny. Oh, God. Okay. Favorite line in the movie. All right. Okay. Bitch, I will shoot myself in the head if you can tell me the name of that fucking cat. I'll do it right fucking now. <laughs> What's the name of that fucking cat?
1: That was a pretty good it's
0: line. It's so good, okay? And there's a whole setup around it. And I mean, it's-,
1: it's it's horrible when the cat gets shot. They don't show you.
0: It just, Yeah, it just it, explodes in a comical, like,
1: it, oh, it, yeah. It, it happens, and everyone's freaking out. Well, I mean, at least, you know, um, let me see, where are they? Connor and Murphy are freaking out, but you got Rocco who's checking his body, and then he goes over and he's just touching Murphy and... Um, and connor is like are you okay are you okay were you, Dude, shot? you get shot and they're like you shot the cat and he was like oh thank god and it was just like
0: <laughs> and then his girlfriend comes back and she's just like what happened to my cat you shot my cat and he just responds with bitch i will shoot myself in the head right now if you can tell me what that cat's name was no it
1: was hilarious when he threatens her friend oh
0: god yes oh but with
1: her big mouth you know what did he say he could yell you what know
0: it, oh it's like Bitch, I can walk to the coffee shop and run into nine guys whose cocks you sucked.
1: There you go.
0: Yeah. So that is the kind of vernac- I, I should. We should probably have put a censor warning on this, but whatever. Yeah,
1: it's going to get very graphic yeah. in this episode.
0: So the vernacular in the movie, the dialogue, the jokes, the gags, everything is ultra violent. Yes. And it's, this is the kind of movie that if it came out now, somebody would probably get canceled.
1: Oh yeah, there was a lot of language in there that I was like, "Whoa, you can't be saying that!" But I <laughs> oh, was like, God,
0: "What is? Oh, when? Um, when he's telling
1: the joke to um, Papa Joe?
0: Yeah, or uh, or when Willem Dafoe is like lying there and the guy, you know?
1: Yeah, that was uh, again. I I don't agree with the word that he used in that scene, but the, you the laughed, part, didn't you? I laughed that he got you know so offended by the cuddling and <laughs> that the guy that he had slept with was just like the fuck you know we we just did this i just wanted to cuddle with you for a bit and he was just like bitch please and got out of the bed and went to work
0: so yeah he didn't use the words uh bitch please he used something a little bit more yeah. angry yeah the, the big f gamer word but whatever yeah. so but there yeah so that that's the kind of stuff you gotta kind of know going into this movie is yeah there's some stuff in here you're that are probably not going to hit well with the with the soft sensibilities of 2021 but like, oh, in 1999, this movie was a banger.
1: Well, that and we've also, you know, grown past this. It's like we don't need to, you know, degrade people by calling them certain names. So it's like,
0: I mean, you did laugh in the movie. Don't 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 even lie to me.
1: I laughed, but it's like, you know, could that have been changed out to, you know, a different phrase? Yeah, different yeah, words, it,
0: vernacular. Yeah, yeah but it, it doesn't have the same punch. And it also that kind of shock value of, you know, like like those like older comedians who say really crazy and offensive stuff and then you laugh at it because it's like oh shit i can't believe he said that yeah there's a level of that to this movie and that sort of comedy um which is probably like that now more than it was when it got released because when it got released it was probably a little bit more common yeah but besides the point let's actually talk about you know things that matter like performances and and story and stuff because it's great
1: i know you love talking about performances so I love Rocco in the movie. Oh yeah, I, I think he did such a great job, performance wise. You want to
0: know the yeah, and the best part is, basically the the writer director Troy Duffy was like, "Yo, Rocco, you want to be in my movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure. All right, cool. You don't really have to act; just kind of be yourself, do stuff." Yeah, it, it it's so funny that and Rocco just comes off as the definition of like a thirty year old teenager.
1: Yeah. Hasn't really figured it out, still kind of, you know, tripping over life.
0: He's worked as, like, a bag boy for the mob for, like, 18 years.
1: And he thinks he's finally getting his big break into the family, into the business, and no, it's just...
0: they. I don't even know, were they... That's I've seen this movie, I don't know, a dozen times, and I still, like, miss that. Is it a thing where they were like, oh, we don't like Rocko anymore, so we're gonna throw him in there so he dies, or are they like, yeah... Now Rocco's kind of expendable. Yeah, we'll see if he can do it. Like, Were, were did they expecting him to succeed? Or they were on I, purpose just trying to get him killed?
1: I'm not sure either. It, it could go both ways. It could be they set him up for a kill. Or they really didn't expect that many people to be in that room.
0: Yeah, so th- this comes to the whole like story crux of the movie and Rocco's thing. But we'll finish talking about the performances and the characters a little bit yeah. more. So we have Rocco. Mm-hmm. The, the sad sack who he's the funny guy like that's yes. what everybody calls him he's, he's the funny guy
1: especially when he loses it and he's like oh yeah what you, I'm Rocco the comedian or funny guy Rocco when he's having his speech after he shoots the bartender
0: oh yeah look at me funny guy fucking Rocco bang 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 shoots the bartender and he just keeps yelling at him as he's shooting him and it's great yeah every time Rocco just finally snaps is just funny it's always funny
1: and then you know he of course goes to his friends Connor and Murphy and they're like you know did anyone see you because you know he has a shooting you know prime time middle of the day in a cafe and he goes I could have put up wanted posters of myself and it's like yeah at you know, there's there's shootings and then there's this guy that goes into a cafe and just
0: just lights it up,
1: lights it up and tells people his name at the same time. So yeah, it's a thing.
0: It, that's that's kind of the 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 gimmick there, right? Yeah. Rocco is somebody who is so on the opposite end of uh the the brothers, yeah. That it, it, it's it's weird how they come together because the McManus brothers they're really good at this, yeah. And I don't know, and it's not really elaborated on to why they're so good at this. Like, there's no hint of them having any, like, military experience or them no. being, you know, criminals. It's just, oh, they're these two Irish brothers who work in a meat packing plant, and they just happen to be really, really good at killing scumbags.
1: And, I mean, when we first meet the brothers, it's in a church service.
0: Yeah. They're at a, yeah, they're at a big Catholic church service, which, you're Irish, so that happens.
1: Which, spoiler, that wasn't a Catholic church. It was a Lutheran church. That's right, because, they... because the Catholic churches in the area, you know, of course, when they were being scouted for the movie, read the the, the prompt of the script, and they're like, yeah, you're not shooting this in our church.
0: You're like, nah. nah. <laughs> I wonder if the church was under the assumption there'd be a shootout inside, and they were like, no.
1: I, I or, think it was Or just... was
0: it legitimately, we don't want to be tied to this? I,
1: exactly. I think that's probably what it was. This
0: pro- Yeah, it probably is what it is.
1: Or a little of both. Because, you know, you don't want people destroying your church and, meanwhile, your church putting out that message.
0: I mean, look, If let, let's be honest here. How many Scorsese movies have really, like, thick Catholic imagery and are about whacking dudes? Yeah.
1: So, Almost yeah, all of them. Yeah.
0: Literally all of them. But, yeah. yeah. That's besides the point. Yeah. Guy makes a movie about Japan and it's all about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. Scorsese. But this is not a Scorsese movie.
1: This is a Duffy movie. This is a
0: Duffy movie. And yeah. So we have the McManus brothers and they're these really just like working class stiffs who just happen to be really good at killing people. And they're funny and they're also uber Irish.
1: Yes. They're very they're Irish. They're
0: super Irish even for Boston. Yeah.
1: I mean, you can't even call them working stiffs because they're having a good time at work. You know, you have what was it, Murphy that comes in or Connor that comes in and gets? Yeah, it's Connor that comes in and he gets slapped in the face by that slab of beef.
0: Yes, gets slapped in the face by the slab of beef. They fight each other with like random like m- like drumsticks and meats. They're having a good time.
1: I know. I was looking at him like, I'm like, are those like cow hooves that they're just beating each other with in the middle Probably. of the meat? And everyone's loving it in the meat packing plant.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I I work in a trade industry, and yeah, you it's a bunch of dudes hanging out in a in a warehouse. Yeah, you're gonna do dumb shit to pass the time.
1: I don't think you guys are gonna hit each other with steel though.
0: No, but you know, sometimes you know, you throw a football and sometimes it explodes on a plasma cutter. Don't worry about it. Things happen.
1: Ooh, we might have to cut that out of the episode.
0: Oh nah, it'll be fine. It's great. My job is awesome. <laughs> but back to the point at hand. But yeah, so we have the McManus brothers, we have Rocco, and they're you know, the McManus brothers are super efficient at what they do. They're almost ridiculously lucky yeah. in terms of the situations they get in and how they get out of it. And then you have Rocco who is Man, this is gonna be so cool. It's like we're in a movie. Man. Ah, uh, and and then you also have Mr. Willem Dafoe, yes. the FBI agent. Paul Smecker. Paul Smecker. That name. Oive. <laughs> who is hot on the trail of the McManus brothers and Rocco? Because the McManus brothers and Rocco, they team up to go kill schmucks. Yeah. And oh god, now you just told me his name, and I knew his name before this, and I forgot his name. Willem Dafoe's character, Paul smecker Spe- Yeah, Smecker. He does the whole thing where oh, I'm gonna I'm hot on your tails on this, and he is he is a character and a half. Oh, very oh, much a
1: character. So I wasn't expecting that. I thought I'm like, oh, we're probably gonna get a serious William Defoe. I'm like, no, he he came through and
0: well, William <laughs> Defoe, serious. That man walks in and he's like, I'll have my scenery with a side of beef, please. Like that guy choose scenery, like, oh. Uh, no, he'll like... have a
1: cafe latte with a twist of lemon and sweet and low.
0: So good, so good. You're no one's gonna get that reference. No one's gonna understand that joke, Along but it's perfect with in context. An
1: onion bagel. With some schmear on top.
0: Onion bagel, cream cheese, please. His his interaction with the Boston cops are great. Mm-hmm. Willem, Willem Dafoe is, like, amazing in every movie I've ever seen him in. I and mean, he's at top form here.
1: I mean, when we first meet Paul Smecker in the movie, the Boston cops are on the scene of a, a murder. There's two men in an alleyway, and we have one of the de- 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 detectives Sorry. One of the detectives that's, you know, coming along with this huge story about what happened to these two men.
0: Oh, they got beat up by Hunter the Giant, man. Big guy, 400 Mm -hmm. pounds, must have just jumped these two drunks, you know, as they were walking home.
1: And the other detectives are just kind of looking at him like, you know, there he goes again, you know, spouting off his stories. Mm -hmm. And his. You know, oversized leather jacket. That thing was like four times bigger than he was. Look, let's
0: be honest here. There, there's a theme in this movie about sweet jackets. The sweeter the jacket, the better, the better you are at killing schmucks.
1: I don't know. I, if I'm going to talk about anyone that was dressed in this movie, it was the brothers. I love the way that they dressed in the movie. The,
0: the matching black trench coats. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the
1: turtlenecks. The, you know, just the simple black tee. It works. Yeah.
0: Simplicity, people. Yes. Simplicity. Uh, height of style, and but also again, you want it, Billy Connolly's hat. Don't lie, you don't. You don't lie to me. You want Billy Connolly's hat. It's a
1: pretty nice hat. It's a
0: good hat. So yeah, we have the whole the whole spiel with um, Smecker and
1: he shows up to the the scene of the murder, and you know the chief of police is like, okay, you know the FBI is here, and he's gonna take over. And I'm I'm thinking, you know, okay, he's gonna examine the bodies. No, he pulls out the headphones, puts on a CD, and you know. Uh, music, music from La Boheme in. comes on, and he is, you know, practically dancing in that alleyway. But he is reliving the murders as they happened, mm-hmm. and he's just a genius. You know, he's, you know, hey, you know, checked under the body for a round, checking that trash can, you know, checking that roof for leaking water. And It's just like, my god, he's brilliant.
0: He unfolds the entire <laughs> the entire crime scene like to a t, and then we also find out that he's also a very um foul mouthed uh anti um gay person who is also very gay himself. Yes, he is. Uh, and a cross dresser. And
1: we'll get to that because there's because I like that scene. I really like that scene. Willem
0: Dafoe <laughs> is playing all sides of this character's oh, coins. Yeah. It's so good.
1: But speaking of that scene in the alleyway, those headphones. They weren't just headphones; they were um, earplugs.
0: Oh, for all the like explosives and all that. Yeah, because gunfire.
1: in this movie, they don't do like reenactments. They'll show William Defoe in the middle of these firefights,
0: and he's like explaining what's going on. Yeah. And it's I love the scene. Yeah. At what is it when he's doing doing it near the end, where it's with the, the, Rocco
1: when he's. And he's right with them when uh, the brothers and Rocco, they're in a firefight and William Defoe's with them and he's right next to them and he's just doing doing finger guns, guns, mimicking and he's moving and it's just, it's very, it's very much like a dance. Yeah. It's like you could set music to that and it's like watching a ballet. They
0: did set music to it. The classical music goes with it. It's, there's really like hauntingly beautiful imagery in this and like the sound and the music works so well with the imagery this is a really like top-notch movie
1: well what i meant by music was you could like get rid of the sound effects of like the guns going off and just set it to music and them moving is like a ballet on its own it's oh, yeah. it's uh, it's great
0: oh, it, it's it's amazing so yeah so there those are our cast of characters um let's get into a little bit more of the story I, we already spoiled like half the fucking movie at this point It's a good movie. It's a very good movie. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we'll get into a little bit of, like, the story and all that stuff. But, like, yeah, the basic plot, these two Irish brothers, their friend Rocco, and the FBI agent Smecker, and how they all coalesce. So, the Irish brothers, they find out that it's, they get an epiphany, a call from God Mm -hmm. to go and kill all the evil and treacherous peoples in their city and Rocco is, was a bad man for the mob for like yeah. 18 years. So he knows everybody. Yeah. He's also friends with them. And the mob guys kind of set him up to get whacked. So Rocco's mm-hmm. like, Hey guys, mm-hmm. if you need somebody for this mission, I'm you know, down. I'm down. Like, I don't like these guys. They tried to have me killed. So I can basically tell you where everybody is, where they hang out, what they're doing. I can find everyone for you. And Smekker is hot on their tail. He's tracking them down, putting together all the clues. And it's, it's great. And then, you know, great action scenes, super funny dialogue, ridiculous black comedy moments across the board. Yeah. And that's the movie. Right? That's basically the movie?
1: That's pretty much the movie. Yeah. It, it's
0: sweet scene after sweet scene over and over again for 90 minutes and then boom, we're out.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: All right. So boo, is there any questions you wanna you wanna go on here? No,
1: it's just um going with the movie. This is Troy Duffy's first film. He was a bartender when he wrote this. I think, no, I think it was a bouncer. No, he was, uh, he might have been doing both. He might have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Because I know he was working in the bar. I saw he was a bartender. Could have been a bouncer too. Mm. So, so he would write the script for this during his breaks. And I guess he was inspired to write the script because where he was living at the time, he saw uh, a drug dealer stealing from a corpse Mm. that was across, you know, from his hallway. And he was just so disgusted by what he saw. He was like, you know what? I'm going to write something where we have guys, you know, offing bad guys and kind of trying to, you know, clean up the streets a little bit.
0: Well, yeah. Well, that comes down to the whole theme of the movie is, you know, vi- vigilante Vigil- Vigil- vigilante justice. Yeah. And in this movie, this movie is very pro-vigilante justice. Yeah. The Even basic- the
1: cops are are cool yeah, with it.
0: the cops are cool with it even yeah the and also the cops in the movie they're not portrayed as bad cops they're more portrayed they're not even portrayed as like incompetent no they're just portrayed as like i guess what a, a cop generally is is a working class dude who is you know putting in his hours at at the police station
1: that and you know they're doing something that they really can't do so it's like you're doing us a solid without us having to do the paperwork
0: yeah and that's that's how the theme of the movie kind of portrays itself is yeah vigilante justice it's sweet it's awesome it's cool and then it's but then it's not showing anything to the opposing side of yeah. that theme which i i don't know if it really has to i think everybody's generally on the on the side of yeah we probably shouldn't have random people going around shooting dudes
1: well speaking of that we have that at the end of the movie when the credits are playing
0: mm-hmm. where oh, they, yeah, where, where they, they, they show the um... news
1: coverage and they're asking people are you for or against vigilante justice and it's usually like two people that they're asking at the same time so one and the other will say yes and no and then you see the two of them fighting what do you mean you want somebody to you know go kill off a bad guy that's you know that that's so wrong and you like well, do you want the bad guys killing good people, or would you rather them be off the streets and that's it, you're done?
0: Yeah, it, it's very interesting how it deals with its theme, and it's that this is the kind of movie I like when it has a theme because you don't really have to care about the theme at all to enjoy the movie. Mm-mm. This movie is just is good, and then you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's what the theme is. Eh, is that a problematic theme? And eh, maybe, but I really don't care that. That scene where they fall through the roof and start spinning around and shooting. That is was badass. Cool.
1: And then it, it goes back to um they do their first, you know, killing of these two guys that go after them. Okay, so we have the first two guys that go after the brothers. Yeah. And this is because of a fight that happens in the brothers' pub. Yeah. That, you know, we find out that their pub is being closed down because there's gonna be a new skyscraper built. And the Russian mob shows up, two of their guys and they get into a fight with the brothers and their friends. And the next day, you know, the mobsters, they find where the brothers live and they decide, you know, we're going to kill them for kicking our asses. And they they kick their asses in such a way that it's like, man, I would have hopped on a plane and flew somewhere where no one knows me because they got their asses handed to them.
0: Yep. Dude, you just lost the
1: bar fight. Don't be a fucking pussy. <laughs>
0: Oh, that is that is the response the brothers give them when they're being held at gunpoint.
1: So so good. Connor is uh, handcuffed to the toilet, mm-hmm. and Murphy's taken out to the alleyway where they're gonna you know shoot him in the back of the head, and this is where we see the super strength of Connor who destroys the toilet.
0: Well, he he basically yanks the toilet off from the like. Bolts that it's you know bolted to the ground with, and off rips off of the
1: flange. Yeah, yeah, rips
0: it off of the flange, and then he goes up to the roof and just.
1: Drops the, the toilet onto one of the mobsters, knocking his ass out because oh uh, no, that, that's a,
0: killing his ass. Because
1: I mean, that's a toilet flying from you know, I'm guessing the uh, fifth or sixth floor of a building.
0: Yeah, lands on the guy's head. He is super dead. And then Connor is like, wait, Jumps I got the off other of guy. It. Yeah, <laughs> He just goes super. It just, elbow drop from the toppest rope and just catches the other guy.
1: When he did that, I thought of McFoley, like, oh my god, he's dead. He's, he's dead. broken in half. <laughs> Sorry, we're WWE fans. It's good stuff. It's
0: good stuff. But yeah, like it's that. So is that your favorite scene in the movie?
1: No, but but we were talking about the spinning scene. So after that, they take, you know, the stuff that they've taken from the Russian mobsters that they killed to the armory. Yeah. And they exchange it. And he's kind of like, okay, well, you know, take your pick of what you want from from the cage. And there's just so much weaponry in the cage that they're going nuts and Connor goes, you know, I want my rope like MacGyver. And he's just like, what are you going to do with the rope? He goes, there's always something to do with the rope.
0: Charles Bronson always has a fucking rope in the movies.
1: Yeah. so Literally a
0: line in this movie.
1: Yeah, it's so, so good. So he takes the rope and when they fall through the ceiling, they're both tied to the rope. It and- gets
0: tangled up in all the bullshit because they... Because these guys are geniuses. Because they're like, oh, we're going to go kill like this room of like eight Russian mobsters to show the people we're here. Mm-hmm. But obviously they don't know how to do this. They only watch movies. So they're going to Mission Impossible and climb into the fucking air duct.
1: And then what do two brothers do? They start fighting with each other in the air duct because that's what brothers do. Yeah. And they break through and they're, you know, only holding on by the rope. And that's when they do the cool guy action move and just shoot spinning around in circles and take everybody out
0: yes and it's so it's so ridiculous it's so stupid and it's amazing all at the same time it's oh yeah great
1: and then you know he cuts you know both of them free and they land and he goes told you we're gonna need to use the rope
0: told you we're <laughs> gonna need the rope oh, so good
1: so yeah it was a really good scene
0: that is basically going to be my entire analysis of this movie is uh so good so good
1: it really was yeah so
0: yeah, and there's more... There's So those action scenes, there's a bunch of them in the movie. Um, Smacker, he goes through, does the whole explaining to the police. Oh, this is how it goes down. And then you see how it plays out. And
1: Yeah, because when yeah. we get to these scenes, we don't see what happens. We just find the bodies with the cops. Yeah. It's not until Smacker is giving his analysis of what happened, then we get to live in the scene and see, okay, this is what really happened, how... You know, two guys were able to take out a group of eight men, mm-hmm. eight men that are loaded, and it's just no, they didn't even have a chance. It just happens so fast, and the the brothers are moving so fast while hanging upside down. It's sweet. It's it's pretty sweet.
0: So yeah, but yeah, so there, so action movies of that quality are throughout the movie, and uh, yeah, and the comedy's great. We already went over that. But boo, what what's your favorite scene in this movie, and why is it cross dressing Willem Dafoe? <laughs>
1: It's just great because he's so skinny in this scene. I mean, he's got these little chicken legs and, you know, he's in full garb and he, you know, goes up to this house and the guy's like, you know, oh, no, we're, we're not taking the entertainment tonight. And he's like, you know, but please. And he's just kind of like, you're so hot. I got to have you. All right. I'll take you in. And one of the other mobsters is like, what are you doing? You know, we're, we're having a crisis here and he's like i'm sorry i have to she's just so beautiful and then he's like all right like i'll give you 5 minutes and they go off to a bathroom and william defoe you know he's on the ground and his wig comes up just a little bit and the guy freaks out william defoe ends up shooting him in the head and he, he just looks at him and he's like shit he's like a little too much that time puts on his wig and leaves the bathroom
0: yep just <laughs> random random defoe things
1: yeah. No, just killed a guy, and it's like, I went a little too far, but oh well, I, I gotta help the brothers. It's fine. Yeah, it's cool.
0: Uh, but yeah.
1: But it's hard to pick a favorite scene in the movie. Everything, the the movie is entertaining the whole way through.
0: Oh yeah, there's not a dull moment in the movie.
1: Just like, um, I'm trying to think, because when they do the the strip club, the Sin Bin.
0: Oh god, where Rocco's shooting both sides, like,
1: mm-hmm. nah,
0: and then Lone the Dafoe's Fo- like, why is there crossfire? What what was going on? And, and then he, it's just because Rocco's like, this is going to look so fucking cool, man.
1: He's, you know, crossing his arms, he's shooting out, and William Defoe smiles he's like, we got ourselves a cowboy.
0: Yes, it's it's so dumb, and it's so good. Cause, that I is mean, the definition of this movie. It's so dumb, and it's amazing.
1: Yeah, because that scene's funny with Rocco. It's funny when they go to the house, and they have the shootout with the guy that's hiding in the bathroom. Yep. And you know, after the scene, Rocco ends up losing a finger. They leave it at the scene,
0: mm-hmm. and then they're just like, "Wait, we can find him." And they go and fingerprint the finger. The finger. Uh, it's it's good. It's and you good.
1: know, after this, Rocco's you know pissed off because you know he lost his finger, and then he kind of goes like, "Man, you guys, it still feels like it's there." And like, "Shut up, we gotta go." We get it. You <laughs>
0: lost a finger. It's yeah. fine.
1: So it's hmm. just it's funny all over. It's you know it's got its serious themes in the movie but i think the comedy really balances it out so you can't really take it as a serious movie
0: no you can take it as a fun movie there's some there's a little serious bits in it but let's let's be honest you're watching this movie to have a good time
1: yeah so boo i I really thought that we were watching you know like a a thriller um
0: like a crime movie yeah i thought
1: that's what this was and i was Mm -hmm. like i wasn't expecting to have this much fun in the movie
0: oh yeah it's super fun so boo. Now I think it's time for your favorite section of the of the podcast. Just start unloading all the trivia. I know you have lots of it. Favorite bit of trivia. What do you got?
1: Okay, so for William Dafoe, he had to wear platform shoes in this movie to appear taller.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: And the the first you know because you know if you know William Dafoe, he's not that tall. Yeah. But the first you know chance that we see that he's wearing the platforms is in the alleyway. He mm-hmm. bends down, and you can see a little bit of heel on his shoe. You, you see the, his, <laughs> the, like, the six-inch
0: platform. <laughs> so
1: I thought that was, you know, kind of cute. I was like, oh, he had to wear, you know, platform shoes. Uh People that they considered for uh Paul Smecker, mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe's character, was Patrick Swayze, De Niro, Ke- Sir Kenneth Braun, and Kevin Spacey.
0: Man, if it was Kevin Spacey, I don't know if we could watch this movie anymore.
1: No, we couldn't. <laughs>
0: This movie would actually have like verged over into full cancel culture.
1: Oh, definitely. Who, like, hell I'm not going to watch Kevin Spacey. Uh. And uh, let's see. Oh, more people that when Miramax was tied to this movie before mm. they dropped it, they wanted um, first, Paul Specker's part two Sylvester Stallone, Bill Murray, and Mike Myers. And I just
0: feel like out of all of those, only like bill murray would have been fun in that but i don't even think none of them are, would have been better than willem dafoe
1: no it it's like once willem dafoe's in a part
0: he, that, that's it, it yeah
1: is, you can't see anything else apart from him
0: it, it's really good i love willem dafoe in yeah. like every movie i've ever seen him in i'll say that as many times as people oh, will hear yeah. me like even in, like, the Spider-Man movies, oh, right? Oh, hell yeah. He is, he is the greatest Green Goblin we will ever have on yeah. for, for cinema.
1: No one will ever compare.
0: It's so good. And people are like, oh, this guy's just chewing scenery. I'm like, no, no. this is an actor working his ass off for that paycheck. All he right? deserved
1: an Oscar for that role. So
0: good. He deserved an Oscar for The Lighthouse. Also, everybody, watch The Lighthouse. I'm going to make Boo watch it at some point. I'm going to surprise I've her. I've been
1: wanting to watch it. I'm waiting to do it for the podcast so I could be really surprised.
0: Oh. Oh, surprised. Boo, it's it's gonna happen soon. You don't gotta worry about it. Maybe not I, this I, week. Maybe not next week. But soon, and for the rest of your life, you're gonna enjoy the lighthouse.
1: Okay, bogey. So back to the trivia. For one of the roles of the brother, Duffy flew out to New York to offer to Ewan McGregor.
0: Okay. Okay. He doesn't
1: say which one. I could probably see him being more of the Connor.
0: Probably. Than,
1: than uh, Murphy. But I guess what happened was when they were hanging out in New York, Duffy got drunk and they started fighting about uh, the death penalty. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor was just like so done with him. And he's like, you know what? I I rescind, you know, taking this role. And Miramax was like, dude, you, you lost McGregor? Yeah, we're, we're dropping the movie too.
0: That feeling. When the guy who is going around and has to deal with these actors used to work minimum wage at a bar, you can tell in these interactions here.
1: Yeah, because well, when the, the movie's, you know, beginning, the, the opening credit, I didn't recognize the, the movie house.
0: Mm-hmm. Was oh, just, Foundation? Or no, it's or Franchise. Franchise Franchise, pictures.
1: there you go. And I was just like, like, Franchise? I've never heard of that before.
0: That's one of the... Okay, Franchise Pictures, that's one of those um, production companies that you hear about where usually they're only doing like direct to video or like super small movies. They're yeah. usually not doing big blockbuster movies. They're the, um, they're the direct to video kind of, kind of production houses. Yeah. I'm not going to talk shit. I'm, you know, I am going to talk shit about them cause they withheld a shit ton of money from everybody for like two years for this movie. So yeah, I don't even think they're in business anymore. So whatever
1: but luckily this movie was still made mm-hmm. despite how small the the film house was that it came out of so you know i'm i'm grateful that we did get this movie eventually yeah. even if it was a small release in the beginning only 32 days to shoot this
0: that sounds about right for something like this i mean it's a little tight but especially for a first time director
1: first time director and as elaborate as the the shootouts are mhm I mean, that, that's going to take a lot of choreography to get the guys, you know, moving in the way that they are, getting Willem Defoe to be in line with them mm. so that they're all moving in unison.
0: And, and the whole fact of it, it's just astounding because he's a first-time director, and as far as I know, I don't even think he was a, he had any film experience before this.
1: No, this was his first time, but he also has credit for uh, directing, writing, and composing.
0: Yeah, he did the music for this, which, honestly, it's a really good soundtrack. Really good score yeah, to the film.
1: Him, him and his it's, band...
0: It's very 90s, though. Don't get me wrong. It oh, is no. super 90s. It's
1: very 90s. The entire movie is 90s. You, you feel it when you're watching it. There's
0: a beeper in this movie, people. That's how 90s oh, were yeah. in.
1: slick back hair, oversized suits. The uh, CD
0: player. That CD. CD player that was probably top of the line at the time. Yeah. You saw this in theaters, and you saw that CD player. You're probably like, that's a $300 CD player. The foe is balling out of his mind right now. Oh, yeah. I see this now, and that CD player probably I threw away like five years ago.
1: Or we could go to Savers or Goodwill and find it for like a buck or two. Probably. But yeah, yeah, so uh, uh, Troy uh, Duffy and his band, they make a cameo in the movie there mm. with the guys at the bar in the beginning.
0: Yeah, they're the they're the other set of like friends at yeah, the bar. Yeah.
1: at the bar and his band was named the Broods and after, you know, he had the rights to uh Boondock Saints, he changed his band to that cuz who wouldn't want to have that as their band name?
0: It's a really it's a really good like title. Yeah. The Boondock Saints. It just sounds like yeah, that's that sounds cool and mysterious and like badass. It sounds like something a guy in the 90s would come up with. For his band. Yeah. Right? And then he's like, nah, nah, I'll make a movie. And then I'll make that movie into a band. Yeah. Troy Duffy just sounds like the guy who goes to the frat house and he's like, dudes, we should like, like start a band, but like call it something cool and edgy, man. And while we'll we're like leather jackets and like light shit on fire, dude, it'll be so cool. Also it'll be grunge. It'll be grunge. Also, you know, yo spider, pass me a beer. Like that sounds like the conversations he would have.
1: Probably. It was the '90s. It was the '90s. It was a good time. It was a good time. And then you know we have the tattoos on the brothers. You know Connor has the Veritas on his hand, which is Latin for truth.
0: And um, Murphy's. A- uh, what is it, Aquamentus or something like that, which means?
1: Aquitas. I'm sorry, I don't know My, Latin, but it, it's um,
0: Aquiatas, which means j- justice and equality. Yeah. Sorry, I, I actually know a little bit of Latin, but I'm. Uh, you're a little rusty. I'm really rusty. All right. I'm very, very, uh, bad Catholic.
1: So it's like, I, I kind of, you know, apart from them, you know, killing off the bad guys, I kind of like how they go into their culture and the other cultures where, you know, after they kill these bad guys, they put the coins over their eyes. They do
0: the full spiel, yeah. like uber traditionalist Catholic.
1: They say um, the prayer,
0: the, you know, the prayer, the coinage, all that stuff. Also... Um, I will point this out. Yes, these two gentlemen are playing Irish characters, and their Irish accents in the films are suspect at best. Let you—you can you be honest. Norman Reedus's Irish accent is a little, like mine's. Mine's pretty bad. I—I'd like I, to think I'm. I'm
1: not saying anything. I love Norman Reedus.
0: I ah, so that just means yes, that uh, accent is sus. So. I love him. I understand. You just like you know Daryl from The Walking Dead. We understand and Norman Reedus. Yes, we get it, but yeah. So there, there's um some fun bits about that.
1: Well, you know, I. They also say the f bomb 246 times in the movie.
0: Well, fuck me.
1: Well, well, the f bomb and variations of it. So yeah.
0: So. Oh well, fucking a man.
1: Can't fucking believe it.
0: And I think with that.
1: Oh, I do have one.
0: You got one more? Got I, one I got more before one we hit the wrap up?
1: Yes. So, when they were still looking for the roles of the brothers, apparently they offered it to Mark Wahlberg, and he turned it down for Boogie Nights.
0: I mean, I, I, if you're to turn down a movie...
1: I knew you weren't going to be able to contest too much, because I know how much you love Boogie Nights.
0: Well, Boogie Nights is a really good movie. Have you ever seen it?
1: Haven't seen it.
0: Ooh, we're going to watch Boogie Nights. It has, has Mark Wahlberg's comically large rubber penis in it.
1: Yeah, I, I remember you large. talking about that.
0: Yeah, uh. So yeah, Boogie Knights. But I think that's about hits us to the end of the episode. A little wrap up for the Boondock Saints, Boo. So overall, good flick.
1: Great flick. Great, great, great Two flick. thumbs up.
0: Two thumbs up over here from the Film Club. Highly recommend it. Finally, I showed Boo a guy movie that she actually liked.
1: There's guy movies that I like. It's just... yeah, but you hate
0: Starship Troopers. You hated Harold and Maude. You hate all my movies. Why do you? I hate never
1: me? said I hated them. But, you know, out of Starship Troopers and this guy movie, I'm going to go with this one. Uh It's funnier. It's, you know, edgier. It's got cooler kills than, you know, a big, you know, ant thing shooting out of its ass. And destroying destroying all of Argentina. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to take, you know, the two Irish brothers taking out the bad guys.
0: And that will wrap us up here at the Film Club Podcast. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Sorry, I don't mean to crush one of your favorite movies. My
0: dreams. So, yeah, there you go. Um, Boondock but Saints, great flick. Boom. I,
1: I have a question. Mm-hmm. Is part two just as good as the first one?
0: Oddly enough, I've never been able to f- see part two of the Boondock Saints. Really? No. What? Not not because it's like, lack of trying. It's just I've never gotten a chance to see it. Hmm. Mm, I know the you know sequel came out a couple years after the first one because i know like didn't
1: it come out like 10 years yeah a
0: significant amount after the first one and to my understanding it's like a pretty good sequel it's not as good as the first one but i've I've never seen it so i can't really judge it well i Um, (laughs) mean and usually when a a sequel's distance between its original is like 10 years 10 plus i just kind of roll back on that i'm just like i'm gonna let that one lie i don't i don't need to I don't need to see that.
1: I'm kind of interested. I might watch it. I'll let you know because, I mean, the the ending of this movie, I don't know how you can beat it.
0: It feels good. It feels like, oh, this is going to lead into like a whole series of movies. It's going to yeah. be a great franchise. And then five theaters later, eh, not not happening. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, I knew that there was a sequel of this movie. And then seeing, you know, how long it was between the first and, you know, the sequel, I was like, wow, that's a long time to jump from first movie to second movie so oh yeah
0: well it because it made all of its money from its like cult status yeah from its
1: dvd and vhs you know sales because there really wasn't any theater sales yeah but yeah i really like the movie good pick yay
0: and now boo it is time to spoil what your pick is for the book end of our saint patrick's day week
1: so you know dean is very much irish
0: Yes, I'm very Irish. My middle name's Patrick.
1: It is. So this month we're kind of, you know, sticking with the theme of, you know, Irish movies. And for me, to bookend St. Patrick's Day this year, Mm -hmm. I am going with the movie Luck of the Irish. Not the Tyrone Power movie, the Disney Channel movie.
0: Yes, this this encapsulates our movie tastes. I bring in this really weird cult movie from the 90s and you're like, But the Disney movie from the 90s, though.
1: I mean, it's a great movie.
0: It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I haven't seen that movie in, like, 15 years.
1: And it's celebrating its 20th anniversary this year.
0: My God.
1: So, be prepared next week. We're going back to the Disney Channel. When the Disney Channel is still good.
0: Oh, my. Well, I guess that wraps us up here at the Film Club, everybody.
1: Yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us at the Film Club Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and if you want to listen to us on a different platform, other than the platform you're on right now, you can find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and just about any website that plays podcasts. Do you want to plug your channels?
0: Um, yeah, I think I can do that. I can make an attempt at it. All right. If you want to listen to more of Dean Ramble on, you can listen to me on my other two podcasts. a uh, too obscure for tv and the double feature podcast both of those you can find the exact same places miss boo mentioned our podcast but you can also find us on the youtube channel in the frame and uh yeah it's all fun
1: we'll see you next week at the film club Peace.